This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Great news there from Dr. Bonnie Henry, the BC Provincial Healthcare Officer, just giving us updates. So, so there was the fifth presumptive case, the woman in her 30s who lives somewhere in the interior health region, still symptomatic, however recovering in isolation at home. Everyone else all four others recovered. That is great news. Let's hold on to the positives with regard to COVID-19 and how it has impacted uh, BC. Uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry uh, delivering that news at a press conference live that you heard here on CKNW. I'm sure you'll more of, hear more about that over the course of the day because we certainly want to reference it as well. As Gord McDonald and I were chatting about earlier uh, in what's happening right now, so much of my day comes back to what happens with Gord, I tell you. Because uh, we do have these great conversations. And, you know, with about 500 passengers, uh, leaving the Diamond Princess cruise ship in Yokohama, Japan today at the end of a two-week quarantine. Um, it's not really clear how that process of quarantining a cruise ship actually helped. Like, it did it help? Did it hurt? I mean, over the past two weeks, we've been touching base with Spencer Fehrenbacher, who is a Fort Langley man who was on that cruise ship and was very, very grateful when he started his 14-day quarantine on the boat uh, that he had paid the extra for an outside balcony cabin. Oh, okay. Should we pause here for a second? Okay, we're going we're gonna to try and connect with Ross Klein, who's a sociology professor at Memorial University in Newfoundland, who actually studies the cruise ship industry. Because my question, where I was going with that about Gord, is like, who... Who's going to maybe go? I don't think I want to go on a cruise ship. And that's not a slight against all the fantastic cruise lines in the world. So hold your horses on thinking I'm painting everything with one brush. But are you thinking just a little bit about it? Uh, we'll connect with Ross Klein as soon as we can. But first, uh, let's get to the CKNW Financial Series. Now, the Global News and 980 CKNW Financial Series, presented by Envision Financial, a division of First West Credit Union. Are you currently putting aside money for a savings goal? If so, you should consider putting money into a TFSA rather than a regular savings account. Here's David Yan, Vice President of Wealth Management for Envision Financial. The big difference there is the tax-free savings side. So if you put money in a savings account or a term deposit for that matter, then any interest you earn or any dividends or anything you earn in there, 100% taxable. Mind you, if you have that term deposit in a TFSA, it's all tax-free. So whenever you withdraw it, you can take it out, no tax implications. The key thing I do want to mention about a tax-free savings accounts they're not a savings account. I think the concern I, we see at the, at the credit union is the fact that people treat it like a savings account. They'll put money in one day and then two months later try to take it back out, which they can do, but that's not what it's set up for. Putting in money in today and taking out two or three years from now, no issues. The whole point of it really is the fact that any income you earn in there, whether or not it's interest, dividends, capital gains, a lot of people will put their stocks into a TFSA because if it doubles or triples, for example, none of it's taxable. The Global News and 980 CKNW Financial Series, presented by Envision Financial, a division of First West Credit Union. Oh, I love a TFSA. Do you love a TFSA? I learned about these a number of years ago. I was not. I was just a squirrel with my RRSPs because my stepdad taught me when I was 15 and I started my first job at Dairy Queen. He said, now put 10% away. He goes, you don't understand compound interest today, my darling, but you will one day. 
And at 52, I do. You know what I'm saying? But good advice there on the tax-free savings account that many people don't even know exists. Uh, You know what? As I was telling you before that financial series, um, kudos to Claire Allen for putting that together. I I was telling you about uh, the the cruise ship industry, right? We were pondering what's the fallout from COVID-19 and all of the polarization, all the spotlight that the Diamond Princess cruise ship in Yokohama has garnered. Uh, 500 passengers left the Diamond Princess cruise ship uh, in Japan today at the end of a two-week quarantine. Not clear how many Canadians were allowed off the ship in total. But some experts have called uh, a perfect new coronavirus incubator that cruise ship is. It it served as an incubator because earlier today, Japan actually announced 79 more cases aboard the ship, bringing the total to, are you wait, got this? 621 people. When I first spoke with Spencer Fehrenbacher, it was 39 people. Just over, I guess, 10 days ago now. So what's the impact of this? Uh, on the cruise ship industry, from the norovirus to measles. They've dealt with their fair share of viral outbreaks. Certainly the staff and and medical uh, on these ships, highly trained, but you can only do so much. So what does this do to your psychology if you love to cruise? Well, let's bring in sociology professor at Memorial University in Newfoundland who studies the cruise ship industry. Ross Klein is on the line. Hello there, sir. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, great. Thank you. So we've been following along the story of the Diamond Princess. What, what, from your learned perspective, have we seen unfold and how might it affect the cruise ship <clears throat> industry moving forward? Well, it's, it's, it's been interesting to watch and as, as things kind of unfold, I, I think in the short term, it's going to have a significantly negative impact uh, on the cruise industry in terms of, in terms of sales and image. Um, I, I think some people may distinguish the Caribbean from from Asia, but I think still uh, people are going to be shying away. As well, the the industry is going to have. I, I think just Princess alone has three or four ships now that will be idled uh, for the next three to four months, and then you've got other other companies in the same situation. So, I I think it's. Um, I guess on the one hand. I think people are going to be shying away from cruises. On the other hand, for those who want to cruise, my guess is there's going to be some real bargains to be had. That's a big piece because cruise, cruises are uh, definitely a high-end option and ever higher. I mean, <clears throat> there, there's some that are five-star. This is some, somewhere to, to, to take the risk out of your vacation when you get on a cruise, and all of a sudden there's a risk element here. Oh, exactly. I, and I guess what I'm speaking, I, like I saw an ad the other day for a cruise for less than $70 a day, including free Wi-Fi and drinks. What? Yeah. You know, <laughs> Where was that? Wait a minute. I'm changing my mind. I'm going back to cruising. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I think we're going to see more of those sorts of things that the, the, because they make money once you're on board the ship. Right. But having deals that are so inviting you, it's hard to resist. Because, again, if people are dissuaded from taking a cruise, they can, they can do one of two things. They, they can do a media blitz, which they'll certainly do. And the other thing they can do is to uh, manipulate prices in order to reach a point where people are willing to go. Yeah, I have a friend of mine who has been had her to- entire career uh, on cruise ships, either as a port and shopping guide. And then she was in the very lucrative field of future cruises and being able to, have, you know, just learning behind the scenes how you can, you know, shift 
the cost of a cruise to entice a future booking. You can save 30% if you book before we dock in the next port. You know, there's that sort of um, sales tactic that comes into play, right? Yeah, and again, and, and, and I guess the pivotal point is that the cruise line, by not having passengers on board, loses considerably more money. Yes. Than they ever make by selling a cruise ticket. They can give the ticket away for free and still make a profit just by having the passenger there. Right, because it's already set up for it to happen that way. If that passenger's not in that cabin, you still got all the food that they might have had. Oh, oh, I'm thinking more in terms of onboard spending, uh, shore excursions. A cruise ship's going to earn about $100 per passenger per day, net profit just in onboard spending. Net profit, 100 per head. A day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because wow. you've got the casino, you've got all kinds of activities, you've got the extra tariff restaurants. I mean, and on and on and on. Uh, so, you know, they want to just, they just have to get you on board. Isn't uh, that something? Getting money for that ticket is just gravy. We're with Ross Klein, a sociology professor at Memorial University in Newfoundland who actually studies cruise ship uh, in the, the industry. So, what is a tariff uh, restaurant? Oh, it's an extra tariff restaurant? Extra tariff restaurant, right. Our, our, our traditional sense of cruising, which was when, it, when we thought of it as being all-inclusive, was that, well, you went on board and you could go to, out to dinner at any restaurant that's on board. What came about oh, in the early 2000s is you could go to the regular restaurant or you could go to a alternative restaurant that maybe has a theme or has, you know, has steaks, whatever, and has a, a tariff, an extra charge to it. Mm. So you may spend an extra 5 or $10 or more in order to go to this restaurant, even though you've already paid your cruise fare that's all-inclusive. And it seems like, what? It's a deal. We're right here. We're all dressed up. Why wouldn't we pay a little bit more? Right. It's only $15 or only $10. <laughs> it's funny. And I actually, members of my family go on cruises. They love to cruise, especially my father-in-law. And, and he does like a bargain. I'm just going to say he enjoys, yeah. he enjoys a bargain and he does look at cruising as a very uh, affordable option. Cause you kind of know you can go on board and have it be mostly all inclusive as long as you understand your wine budget. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, for the new cruisers, they get drawn into it for those of us who either get experienced or those of us who are just plain frugal, which I'm one of those types. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not particularly happy with us. No, exactly. Because we're, we're going to milk it for all we can and what we paid exactly. up front. So in terms of this industry, getting back to the, uh, the coronavirus yes. or COVID-19, um, Ross, what... What what do you think long-term happens here? Is this like a blip on the radar and everybody sort of gets over it and with the glitzy marketing campaign and maybe some some really enticing savings that people just forget it and let it roll? Well, I think that's what's going to happen on the consumer side. I think the other thing, though, is what's, what's, how this is reshaping in some ways the relationship between the cruise industry and its ports. Mm. So what we saw was while this was going on in Asia, several ports in the Caribbean uh, refused sh- ships entry because of norovirus. Right. Now, we, ha- we haven't seen that before. We haven't seen the boldness on the part of ports. And so my guess is that the coronavirus, even if it disappears, it's created a different sensitivity to viruses generally. Interesting. Uh, and I think it redraws the landscape of the way ports are going to be dealing with cruise ships and when they let them c- come into port. I'm about a five iron from the port of Vancouver where the cruise ship terminal is right here, and I would be happier 
that 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 a ship would need to stay sort of waiting off the port of Vancouver or the the cruise ship term, terminal down at Canada Place, I guess, is more accurate. Um, yeah. If that is the new normal, but imagine the backlog that could happen if there was some sort of outbreak um, on multiple ships. Like, and then, you know, I, I really feel for these people on the Diamond Princess who were locked down for, oh. for 14 solid. Oh, I cannot imagine what it must have been like. No. And, and, and then the people who are getting off, and if you're not testing well, then you've got a, a different Another li- state of limbo. And the people who were, well, even the Canadians are get, who are going to be, who are, because now the plane was going to fly out today or tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they also, they're going to be coming to Canada for another period of, of, of quarantine. It's just, I just can't imagine. I'd rather be at CFB Trenton, though, than on an inside cabin. Will they be able to rebrand this boat? What goes into uh, to changing the name on a ship? Oh, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that that'll be necessary. I think I, I think back to the poop cruise, right? right. The old Carnival Triumph. Yeah, uh, they they just cleaned it up, and it was back sailing within a couple of weeks. I think right. in this case, you know, they're going to sanitize it, and they're going to relocate it to a, uh, a itineraries off Australia because that's safe. And it's probably going to be the cleanest ship in the fleet. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that was scary was I saw an interview this morning with an epidemiologist who went on board the ship yesterday, yes. and he, he described a situation where apparently they weren't even following many of the, the protocols that they would normally follow. Right. No green zone, no yellow zone, no red zone. I think yes. I saw that same, uh, same interview on uh, CBC News Network. Uh, Ross, yes. thank you for this. Oh, great chatting with you. Really appreciate your perspective on it. That's Ross Klein, the sociology professor at Memorial University in Newfoundland.